Welcome to the voice of St. Anthony Parish from Alston, Massachusetts, right here on WROL, 950 AM, 100.3 FM. And you can also hear us at catholicaudiomedia.com. That's catholicaudiomedia.com. Well, here in the Boston Archdiocese, actually the entire Northeast, we're celebrating the seventh week of Easter. We celebrated seventh Sunday of Easter yesterday, so our readings are the last of Easter. Easter's in Sunday that features the first letter of Peter. So I'm going to be talking about how Peter is calling us to offer our sufferings and recognizing our sufferings as ways of suffering for Christ and what that all means. So that's going to be my homily, which I gave at the four o'clock afternoon mass at St. Anthony Parish in Alston, Massachusetts. So let's switch over to that homily right now and we'll see what I brought about in our understanding of that reading. As you know, I do writing on the side. I don't get paid really anything for it, literally pennies, if, if anything at all. But it's something that I enjoy doing and I came to realize that this also helps me when I'm putting together a homily because it gives me more information. For example, Um, One of the questions I always had in my life for quite some time is why, if Maximilian Kolbe was such a saintly, uh, holy person who did his best to spread the word of the Lord, why did he end up in Auschwitz? And it was a question I had. Why couldn't the Lord have prevented that from happening? Well, I ended up doing an interview with the associate producer of a movie called Two Crowns, which is the story of the life of Maximilian Kolbe. And, and obviously I had to see the movie in order to do the interview and I saw the movie and when I saw that and then interviewed the associate producer I realized there was an answer to that question. It's not that God could not have prevented him from ending up in Auschwitz, it's that he allowed him to be in Auschwitz so that he could be a powerful presence of the Lord in such an evil place. If you remember, if you know the story, he encouraged a prisoner and helped him to escape. He himself ended up giving the light, his life for another prisoner, and because of that, he was sentenced with 10 other men to uh, die of starvation in a pit in Auschwitz. And he led them all to praise God in holiness and, holy, and religious songs and praising songs, and that must have driven the Nazis nuts. So he did all that, and then I realized that's the answer to my question. Well, I want to bring that up in light of the second reading, because if we look at the second reading, we can see this is the last we'll see for Peter for a while, because it's the last reading, uh, last Sunday readings for uh, Easter, and Peter is talking about suffering for the faith. Well, obviously, the, uh, the question would be, if Jesus is the Lord, why does anyone have to suffer for the faith? And of course, the answer there is he's telling people that their suffering is a witness, that that's why he's saying that some of you will have to suffer, and similar to Maximilian Kolbe, it's a witness. And as a witness, it's a witness to the light to those who are in darkness. If we go back to the Nazi Germany idea, One of the things that people always bring up is why couldn't God have prevented Nazi Germany from happening? And not only could he, but the tool was there. You see, a lot of people didn't read the signs and didn't understand there was trouble coming. And in fact, if you do a little research, you go back to 1936, 
when they had the Olympics there, you'll learn a story of a woman from, I believe it was West Cofina, California, who was at the Olympics and actually kind of snuck in and kissed Hitler. And if you read the story, you'll see no one was shocked by the, no one was upset by this. They were actually kind of, this is the wonderful woman who kissed Hitler. Because back then, people weren't so uh, aware of the evil of Hitler, and a lot of people kind of looked at him very positively. So if you read these articles, you'll see that everyone is, is kind of like, oh, isn't that nice? Um, until World War II starts and until the end of the war and they realize the truth and now you can't mention, you can't see her name anywhere. Very powerful story. But the signs were always there. The signs were there and people weren't reading the signs, but there were others that were standing up and saying, there's danger here. Maximin Colby was one. There's trouble here, there's trouble coming because they stood up. And enough, if enough people understood those signs, Nazi Germany would never have happened. But not enough people read them and saw them, but they were always there. And it's a powerful message for us to realize because that's what our message is, to live the gospel in such a way that people see the opposite signs, see the signs of the truth of Christ, the signs that they look for the way the world should operate and be that, and that's why. And if we do that, there are people that are going to disagree with us and maybe even be angry with us, even within our church. There was an interesting story that happened a few weeks ago where apparently in the state of Washington, they're thinking of making illegal a certain type of weapon. I guess it's an assault weapon or something. I don't know what it is, but it's some kind of weapon. And there was a priest who said, uh, a celebrity priest well-known in the country said, well, if I lived in Washington, I would stockpile those weapons. And some lay people stood up and went, no, you shouldn't say that at all. That's true. None of us priests should be saying words like that. And that's, they saw a sign and they said, wait a minute, and they stood up. And it's important for us to recognize that that's what we're all about. We're all about being the people who lead people to come to know the faith and allow the, word, the Lord to work through our prayer, to work through us so that we can always be the way we live, those signs that's, that at least can give a warning to those who might be walking down the wrong path. Don't walk down that path. It's an interesting thing that happened this week. We had a convocation with the Cardinal and it was all about celebrating mass. But one of the things that the, uh, the priest teacher uh, brought out to us was for something to keep in mind, when you come up and receive communion, it is you're like reaffirming a covenant you have with the Lord. You know, obviously, same with me at the Mass. But when you receive communion, you're reaffirming that covenant, saying, yes, we make this covenant with the Lord, and the Lord makes the covenant with us. So it's a very powerful reality as we receive communion. It's not just that you receive, which is powerful in enough as in itself, but it's not just, oh, I'm receiving communion, but I'm making covenant with the Lord, and the Lord is making a covenant with me. These are all powerful realities that St. Peter is reminding us. That's how we live our lives, and at times we may have to suffer for our faith, but in doing so, it's not so that we're earning something, it's that we are testifying, testifying to a truth that others, we are letting others know to follow that truth, otherwise, as we can see, there is great danger when they walk away from it.
You're listening to the voice of St. Anthony Parish from Alston, Massachusetts, right here on WROL, 9.50 a.m., 100.3 FM, and you can also hear us at catholicaudiomedia.com. That's catholicaudiomedia.com. We'll be right back right after this. Don't forget to tell others where they can find our program. You can hear us on WROL Radio, 9.50 a.m., 100.3 FM, and at wrolradio.com at 3 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Time. We then podcast the program on your favorite podcast platform and at catholicaudiomedia.com. That's catholicaudiomedia.com. You can also hear us on our parish website, st for stanthonyalston.org. That's stanthonyalston.org. And let others know where they can find us and spread the word and subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget our own website, catholicaudiomedia.com, as you heard, and that'll lead you to our parish. Remember, you have a standing invitation to our 10 o'clock a.m. Mass every single Sunday. I'm thinking of adding another Mass. Maybe if you have any thoughts on that, you can let me know. So anyway, going back to uh, the homily I gave during Mass fascinating story that I had found out as I was doing research on certain uh, articles that I wrote and it was the story of this woman from West Covina, California who attended the 1936 Olympics. That was the one that Jesse Owens was uh, won so many uh, of the track and field uh, competition and during that time somehow she happened to walk by Hitler and she kissed him and she became known as the woman who kissed Hitler but when this was published by various newspapers around the country people didn't look at Hitler the way obviously they looked when they learned all about him and so the stories the articles are written almost in a praiseworthy way oh this is the woman who kissed Hitler and you read these stories you go wow how how is it that people didn't understand just how evil this man was and that's a fact people didn't read the signs so if you if you look that up it happened in 1936 and you can find information a little bit of information in various newspapers from that particular time that particular day well we're going to be talking with rachel kalaki who has a ministry on leading people out of pornography women particularly and we're going to talk about her book love in recovery so let's switch over to hear a little blurb of what you're going to hear tuesday wednesday and thursday when i saw your book and you know i I received it from ave maria the first thing that popped into my mind is i didn't think that was a woman's issue and Mm -hmm. you right out of the gate you touch on that (laughs) yeah it's a common misconception and um and one that i i I'm spending kind of a career on on reversing. So, yeah, you're mm-hmm. definitely not alone in that conception. <laughs> That's tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. See you then. I want to call your attention to Catholic TV, which offers great faith-filled, family-friendly programming 24 hours a day. You can find your cable channel at www.getcatholictv.com, and you can watch online on the free apps or check out the YouTube channel. Daily Mass, Rosaries, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and the Our Lady of Perpetual Help Novena are all available online and on demand. Check out catholictv.com. 
If you would like to support our program, please consider a donation to St. Anthony Parish in Alston, Massachusetts. There are several ways to consider this. One is to purchase any of our merchandise, which you can find at the shopping tab at catholicaudiomedia.com. That's catholicaudiomedia.com. There are coffee mugs there. There's also my latest book, Encounter Christ in Your Humanity, all of which you can find at the shopping tab at catholicaudiomedia.com. You can also donate to the show directly through either the Donate tab, also at CatholicAudioMedia.com, or by sending a donation through the U.S. Postal Service with your questions and comments at 43 Holton Street, Alston, Massachusetts, 02134. That's St. Anthony Parish, 43 Holton Street, Alston, Massachusetts, 02134. Finally, the best way you can support our parish is to attend Mass on Sundays at 10 o'clock and be a part of our parish. We thank you for any support you would like to give to St. Anthony Parish in Alston, Massachusetts, the sponsoring parish for this media outreach to Catholics and other Christians in the WROL, WEZE, and podcast listening audience. In Cristo vivimos.